The Real Chemistry Podcast connects the dots between our guests and the innovative work they do to show up and shape the future of healthcare. Why? So you, the listener, are encouraged to join us on our relentless pursuit to make the world a healthier place for all. Some may call it idealism. We call it Real Chemistry. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of Real Chemistry and host of the Real Chemistry Podcast. And today, as you'll hear in a moment with some of the background noise, uh, we are recording from the Digital Pharma East Conference held by Questex and Fierce Pharma. And today's guest is one of the speakers, and we will actually talk about her talk during the show. Her name is Elle Cole, and she's an author and advocate for children with sickle cell disease. It's a very personal story to her. She's also the producer and co-host of the Cleverly Changing and Vitamin SC3 podcast, so fellow podcaster. Uh, she speaks regularly and is a caregiver leader and advocate blogger. Um, she's a lovely woman, and we're going to talk today about how she became an advocate through uh, some of the challenges she faced with one of her twin children, what she does on a day-to-day basis, the, a little bit more about her talk at Digital Pharma East, uh, and then you'll get some touching updates on uh, her one wish, and then uh, you'll get a laugh, I think, out of her uh, deserted island choice. So as always, uh, appreciate your feedback. Would love you to listen in, and uh, I know you'll enjoy this show. So I'm here at Digital Pharma East 2022 edition, and I have a lovely guest that I think you're going to appreciate meeting. She did a panel today. Her name is Elle Cole, which I mentioned in the upfront, but she did a panel today called Patient and Caregiver Perspectives, How Pharma Can Take the Chronic Condition Experience to the next level. And she was joined by fellow panelist, Natalie Hayden. And so what I'd love to do is I want to start by talking a little bit about how you became a patient advocate, because I think that's always an important element to the conversation. I know it was very personal to you. Um, It relates to one of your twin daughters and I won't steal any more thunder. So I'll let you jump in. Sure. Thank you so much. So I do have twins. They're fraternal twins. And it turns out when I was 20 weeks pregnant, my husband and I found out that we both were trait carriers. And that was news to us. My husband and I looked at each other and we were shocked because we had never heard of sickle cell trait. And so the OBGYN said, you can bank your child's cord blood. And we were like, what does that mean? We started to do our research. And that's really where my advocacy started. It turns out they said, we don't know if your twins are fraternal or identical. So we'll find out once you give birth. And once I gave birth, I received a letter in the mail at about three months that confirmed that one of my fraternal twin daughters had sickle cell SS. Then when she turned six years old, she was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, type one diabetes. And that was when I realized I don't have a choice in advocacy. If I want my daughter to grow up and be able to be a functioning citizen in society, I have to advocate for her. And I have to make sure she gets the best health care possible and that she partners and learns how to partner with her health care team. Well, kudos to you for being such a strong, brave parent. I have three kids and I've dealt with some issues, but none that serious, um, more of the mental health issue. I know that you are the founder of an organization called Cleverly Changing LLC, patient ad, and you're a patient advocate. 
let's talk before we get into your session today, where has that led you? Because you started on a personal level and now you've taken that to a professional and much broader level, helping other people, I'm assuming. And is that limited to sickle cell disease or do you do it across a broader uh, set of diseases? So mainly I speak on the sickle cell platform. As a mom and a caregiver, I have had an opportunity to work with pharmaceutical companies like GBT, which was recently purchased by Pfizer. And so um, in June, we actually recorded a commercial with my whole entire family. And that was really a great opportunity to talk about something that we're very passionate about, but also to bring my daughter in to have her speak on advocacy and advocate for herself and really kind of plant those seeds so that one day she can take the reins on her own. But Cleverly Changing LLC, one of the big things that we do, we partner with the Sickle Cell Community Consortium to do a caregiver summit. And we actually have a caregiver's com summit coming up November 4th through the 6th. And what happens is we pour into other caregivers to educate them, but not just give them a whole lot of information, but also to have fun. We have family games that the whole entire family can participate in. What happens in the chronic illness space is sometimes people don't know how to support you. And so it's events like this where they learn what type of complications exist and how to actually support each other. And it tells other caregivers, you're not alone in this journey. There are other people facing similar circumstances and we can support each other because we know what we need. And so we can speak on behalf of others. We can join together. We exchange phone numbers and it's really just a great way to connect. Our theme this year is trust your instincts, caring, connecting, and creating. Why? Because we have to create the life that we want ourselves to live, but also our children. We have to teach them that they can live productive lives. And so that's one of the things that I do with Cleverly Changing. But I also have a podcast. I do a podcast called the Vitamin SC3 Podcast, and that shares real sickle cell stories. Again, I partner with the Sickle Cell Community Consortium because it's really a great organization that's touching the community on a grassroots level, which is important to me. I don't just want us to collect data I also want us to empathize, to get understanding and work with other companies so that we get better care, so that um, our issues are really targeted and we can really solve problems that exist within the community and not just talk about them. Talk is cheap. And when you can really change things and come up with solutions with a group of people, that just makes life a whole lot better. Well, first of all, we'll make an effort to get this out before your conference so that we can get people uh, at least paying attention. Um, small world, right? Uh, Global Blood Therapeutics, GBT, is a client of ours, and Ted Love is one of our friends, and we did a health equity conference at the beginning of this year, and Ted was one of our speakers very graciously. So we're connected by, you know, less than three degrees of separation. You did a panel today, and I think probably some of the themes that you're highlighting came out in that panel, but... Um, for one, I, I loved that they had that because I think sometimes people do forget to represent the patient perspective. You know, we get caught up and this is no disrespect because these are a lot of our clients in the life sciences sort of view of things. And we forget the people that we're here to serve, both the HCPs and the patients have a voice. And if we're not paying attention to that, then 
we're flying blinds. We're not honoring what their real needs are, which go well beyond just the, the drug or the pill that they require. So let's do a quick summary of like what the panel was, any particular highlights that came out, out of that session. Absolutely. I had an amazing opportunity to partner with Natalie, and we talked about two different perspectives. She came from the patient side, I came from the caregiver side, and really what we were trying to let the pharmaceutical companies know is that we want to partner with you. We want to be able to trust you. And so in order to do that, we have to get together. We have to work together in order to make that happen. And sometimes in different spaces, people reach out to us, but they want our data. They want our information. They want us to collect surveys, but they don't always want to compensate us. They don't always take into account that we have so many things going on into our lives. So it's like, turn this over really quick, give us this information. And then on the other side of that, we give them the information and then we don't always see what the results are. You took that information from us. What was, did that cause any changes? What was the output? Um, are you going to use that information to do something differently? What did you learn? And I think it's very important for us to really see what the results were and how you're going to take that information and then make life better for us. And so we had an opportunity to talk about our different experiences. One of the experiences I shared was when my daughter had sickle cell, we weren't really given much information, much research at all, but on the other side, when she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, in the hospital, she received what was called a bag of hope. And inside that bag, we received a teddy bear that showed us where to give her insulin. But also, there were so many different treatment options. It was folder after folder of different treatment options. And it was a letter that I could sign up to be contacted. When I got home, I was contacted by another family, a husband and a wife who were taking care of their daughter who had type 1 diabetes. And they shared their experience and how they were able to live a normal life and how, you know, life did change a bit and how they're coping. And from that particular experience, I knew this was something that I could handle, that me and my husband were able to work together to make sure that our daughter can really get through life better. Because with type 1 diabetes, you're insulin dependent. And so it really changes the dynamic of the entire family. And so that meant all the world to me. And I, I kind of went back into my mind and I said, wait a minute, why was it so vastly different? those two experiences. And so that has really changed my advocacy because now I write books. You know, of course, I would love to do a bag of hope for sickle cell and maybe one day I will get there. But what I can do now, I can publish books that give people that same hope because in the bag of hope, there was also a book that talked about taking care of diabetes. And so I try to do those little things. And so in today's conference, we shared our personal experiences. Another experience I shared that really touched home is for my daughter's diabetes, I had to go to four different pharmacies to get her medications and her diabetic accessories. This is unheard of. And often I was paying thousands of dollars every three months 
to cover those accessories after our insurance because we have private insurance. And I began to learn how to reach out to my insurance company and ask different questions to get more compensation. And I learned it took around four times about two hours into one call later when I realized and I was told that my insurance actually had what was called a diabetic bundle, that if I purchased her CGM supplies and her insulin at the same place, but the insulin was ran first, ran through the system first, and then we got the CGM supplies, I only had to pay one copay. That literally is saving me thousands of dollars, but it's only within the last two years that I learned that. And this is ridiculous. People are really having a hard time navigating. These programs exist and companies think I've done my part because we've made the programs. But if people don't understand or know that the programs exist, you haven't really done everything that you could. And so it was really conveying that we need better communication. We need more interaction. And we need to make sure that people understand that will increase compliancy. So when you're creating apps, when you're creating these new services, you have to explain them to people. Some people have greater um, technical abilities than others. And so you have to put a team in place to make sure all levels are being touched on. And so that's really what we talked about today. It was an amazing conversation and I'm honored to be able to be a part of it. Well, it's pragmatic advice. And I think, you know, just like there's no guidebook to being a parent, and I can attest to that as a parent of three, I think when you are faced with something and we've dealt with mental health it's a lot of self-discovery, right? So I think you knowing that and then being able to share your experience is so helpful because, you know, there's this um, imagery that I have of, you know, it's a concussion when you could just vision it and someone's um, vision gets blurry and they hear the ringing in their ears. When you get that first diagnosis, right, for a child, a loved one, you don't know what to do. So having someone that can reach out and help walk you through it and make you feel like it's going to be okay I think could be so powerful. So, you know, power to you for doing that. I do have two questions that I'm gonna squeeze in quickly because I know we're tight on time. You have places to be. The first is, and you probably accomplished this in some degree, but if you had one wish, what would that wish be? I'll let you answer that and then I'll ask my final question. If I had one wish, I would take all the pain away from people in the world. I think that's a lot. It's a lot to carry. It's, and it's very hard to communicate. Sometimes people in the medical profession don't have a barometer to really understand what people are going through. And if I could take that one thing away, I think the world would be a better place. Well, it just got a little dusty in here because that's such an amazing request, right? And uh, I think we'd be in a much better place if we could do that. So I'm hoping for you and me and us that that wish comes true. Uh, the second one, sort of lighter note, fun, but it helps people get to know our guests, especially people like you that are changing the world. Um, if you were stuck on a deserted island, don't worry about the technology. You can only bring one album with you. Which album would you pick and why? I would take The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, that's a great note to end on. I love Lauren Hill as well. I actually saw her in concert Six weeks after I think she delivered her fifth baby, maybe, with a number of other bands, including Rage Against the Machine, but she's amazing. You're amazing. Elle, thank you so much. Um, for those listening in, this is Elle Cole, and she did a talk today at Digital Pharma East, and we're so grateful that you were able to spend some time with us today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Want more episodes of The Real Chemistry Podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. 
Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Stitcher app, or iHeartRadio via the Health Podcast Network. Go to realchemistry.com for more info.